Alrighty, back in here on the fan. Now, as we always do, it's time for the fan focus. All right, leading us off, it's going to be Nick riding solo today on Deshaun Watson and what he expects for this year. Like if Deshaun comes out week one against Cincinnati, and we're talking 300 yards through the air, another 50 on the ground, and four touchdowns, they score 35 points, and the Browns just obliterate Cincinnati like it's, uh, was that, week nine, Monday Night Football again last year. But this time it's the offense that just steamrolls them. They surprise him. Deshaun's talked about that. They're going to they're gonna see something different week one. Is that enough? Is one game enough for you to say, bleep it, chips all in, Super Bowl, Super Browns, Deshaun is back? Because I've, I've said this, I've thought this, and I don't know that one game definitively can be enough. I think on-the-field trust for Deshaun is going to be more, for me, plateaus. It's going to be, all right, I trust him early in the season. All right, that's going to take a a couple games. Then I do need to see him in December. And specifically, I need to see him in December when, when, and you don't necessarily have a lot of really tough challenges um, at home. You've got the the Jags, the uh, Bears, and let's see, I think it's the Jets in December this year. The Jets are going to be the tough one, potentially. But, like, I need to see him in those elements, not looking the way he did last December. And then, once he clears that plateau, it's going to be the playoffs. And how his style adapts to the playoffs, where all of a sudden you're not able to just get off those big plays whenever you want because you're playing Super Bowl-caliber defenses. It's not one game for me. I don't know that I have the definitive answer, but I just know this is, and I've said this a few times to quote the the, the great Ralphie May, little bit more than a Diet Coke fix. It is step-by-step over 18 weeks and then potentially as many as four, five, six weeks in the postseason, him earning that on-the-field trust that I'm telling you Joe Burrow has in Cincinnati, that Pat Mahomes has in uh, Kansas City, that that Josh Allen sure has in Buffalo. And it might not, all, all that trust might not just come this year, too. For me, it's coming early, I believe. I got a lot of belief that he's going to be awesome right away. Now, I do think it comes with the caveat that what I think is going to be the old Deshaun might be different than what some of you guys think is the old Deshaun. That Houston last year that he had was basically a steroid-era home run record, inflated for a few different reasons, right? There's a reason why he threw for 500 more yards in a season that he won eight fewer games. A lot of garbage time, okay? Garbage time plays is a real thing. Getting stats when you come from behind is a real thing. I think he's going to be really good. I maintain that he's going to be really good. But I do wonder if we've gotten the ceiling a little distorted in what you expect out of Deshaun Watson in the long term. I think he can be a top-five quarterback. I'm not saying anything short of that. I just Did you look and see what his numbers were in Houston, though? He did something only three other quarterbacks in league history have ever done. Throw for 4,500 yards, fewer than 10 interceptions, 30-plus touchdowns, and lead the league in yards per attempt. It was insane what he did. It was steroid. It was juiced up. It was anything else you want to say about any baseball or home run record you've ever seen before. Apply it to that with football. It was that good. I, I don't. If that's your expectation, keep walking because you're not getting that. Because I don't think that Deshaun Watson exists 
because I don't know that it exists on any quarterback on planet Earth right now, even Patrick Mahomes. I think it existed for that year because he had such a bad defense and he was throwing the ball a lot and they were behind a lot. But in competitive games, he's not going to have that same opportunity that he did then. He's going to have to get more aggressive as well. Uh, you know, we, we always give credit to the quarterback that does the fewer than 10 interception thing like he did that year. But when you're playing in close games, sometimes I need you to air it out. Uh, no risk it, no biscuit. You know, Peyton Manning had a lot of double-digit interception seasons. Aaron Rodgers famously doesn't. It's a part of his game I wish he was more aggressive at times with. Brett Favre used to lead the league in interceptions all the time. A lot of interceptions throughout his career. Sometimes you got to be a little aggressive. Ken and Lima reacting to Daniel Jeremiah scouting out Deshaun Watson as the two entered nitty-gritty football. You know, him being under center and turning his back to the defense is not something he's ever really done and never been a part of who he is or what he is. Uh, but that's the, you know, that's part of that run game that, that they've had so much success with in Cleveland. So they were just going to drop him into that. I think it's a combination of those two things. I, I think he, he lost a little, a little, uh, twitch. And then I don't know that he was super comfortable, uh, in that setup. That's Daniel Jeremiah on the Ryan Rossillo podcast. That is also. This show getting bombarded with something we like to call nitty gritty football. Nitty gritty football. football. Nitty gritty football. What are you doing? Let's Let's get down to the nitty gritty. (laughs) And that was all in there. (laughs) You get him to say that stuff. That was all in there. I mean, get him to. He's ready. It's football season. He's ready for nitty gritty football. That's former scout. I think he was with the Browns Daniel at Jeremiah. One point. Yeah, he was with the Browns. He was with the Ravens mm-hmm. when they were scouting all sorts of good players. Uh, he now is at the NFL Network. That was deep. And that... we want to hear the nitty-gritty football, guys. Nitty-gritty football. Did you send it away finally? Did you ask for all the liners That's from the big boys got. guy? Hey, every once in a while, gifts show up in my email. <laughs> what did you get that guy to say? I just got him, you know, hey, I'm bought in. Nitty-gritty <laughs> football. How many times can you picture Paul Turner? That's the the name of that guy. Oh, I love this. I love this so much. How many times was he sitting there while his wife's come, trying to come downstairs with a ham sandwich? Hey, Paul, it's lunchtime. We're in the nits and grits now. <laughs> and he's just sitting there in that studio, and he's got all the acoustics. What is that stuff they put the on baffles, the walls? The baffles. Oh, he's got to have baffles. No, you have to have the baffles. baffles have You're not baffles. a serious voiceover guy if you don't have baffles in your nitty closet. Nitty-gritty football. This nitty-gritty voiceover talk. He's like, Marge, I still have ten more minutes. They keep sending me this inane stuff. <laughs> nitty-gritty football. Can you find out, Double A, if his wife's name is Marge? It seems like it would be. Give me the nitty-gritty. Don't bother me, Marge. I don't want chicken salad right now. I told you, I want ham. We're in the nits and grits now. (laughs) We just got to keep sending him stuff. We're paying him no matter what, right? We're paying him the same amount of money. As long as the check's clear, he'll say whatever you want him to. We've got to send him a whole bunch more. Yeah, I mean, he really does just say whatever they want him to say. I've tried it. It, He'll say anything. It's quite the gig he's got. I mean, he just hangs out. He waits for people to send him stuff from all across the country, and then he sits in his basement. I don't know why I'm thinking he just probably uh, hangs out all day long with, like, old episodes of Seinfeld in the background in his boxers and just records. And it's, yeah, it's not a bad gig, but you got to have the sweet voice of God in order to do it.
And not many people can pull that off. Plus, did you see the uh, the way he in, inflicted with the different words? That's a, it's a, it's a talent. Now, people at times have been like, hey, JP. Because I've known people here at the radio station that have gotten into, like, you know, voice acting or even voice recording for different things. Not me. No, 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 no. There's a real skill involved in that that I just do not have. I got a good radio voice, I believe, but I I don't have that. that, that that's another talent. I, I don't have that talent. I just yell into a microphone about sports opinions. That's that's what I do. That's that's all that's all I'm good for. And we can argue about how good I am at it a different day. All right, Baskin and Dan on college football. Here we go. College football starts this weekend. I was like, kind of started last weekend, didn't I? Like, yeah, but. You know, this is really week one. And I'm yeah, like, week zero doesn't count. So I'm like, well, are you going to watch Ohio State? Maybe, you know, catch that LSU game on Sunday night. You know, that LSU, Florida State's a big game. You know, plenty of big games over the weekend. They're like, no, I'm home all day Saturday. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, all day? They're like, yeah, I'm in. I, I, I sit down at noon, and I don't get out of my chair until 2.30 in the morning. And I'm just like, man, I like college football, but... I, I can't do noon to two thirty. I'm okay. I got to get up and start doing some stuff, and then I'll I'll, I'll peek in on games, especially the late night games. I mean, there's some pretty good late night. I mean, the newest team to the Big Ten coming up, UCLA. <laughs> They're taking on Coastal Carolina. That's a ten thirty kick on Saturday night, uh, so I'll be up. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, Pac-12 after dark. I'm so bummed. Next year, this this is the last year of Pac-12 after dark. And I'm so heartbroken. Yeah, hey, it's going to be a good year, though. A lot of good quarterbacks in the Pac-12 right now. A lot of fun quarterbacks, I should say. Hey, it's not crazy. I'll do you one better. Back when I was really obsessed with college football, and this was a right around the time. I used to do a college football show at the, the network I used to work at before this. And it was basically the red zone for college football. It was me and Sean Salisbury. And we would just do five hours of us going out to different stadiums. I've told you this before. You go to Alabama, and then you go to Texas A&M, and then you go to and, and and but you'd whip around and you would describe to people on the radio what was happening in the different games, and you'd talk about the outcomes, and it was just five hours and extravaganza. I would do eight in the morning all the way up until one in the morning only college football. Now you say eight in the morning, there's no games, yeah, but there's college game day, there's big noon kickoff, we got all sorts of different things you can get into, and. Most Saturdays, my days would be consumed with that. It's not anymore because I have a wife and a kid and I have things to do. This Saturday, I'm going to watch college football starting with game day in the morning. Then I'm going to go ahead and watch the games up until the third into the fourth quarter of Ohio State. And then I'm going to go drive over to my buddy's house. We're going to finish watching Ohio State then. I'm going to watch football with him. And I'll probably watch maybe 12 hours of college football. And then if you include the college game day stuff, maybe 15 in total. Yeah, I already told my wife, I'm not a good husband during football season. I try. I'm just not very good relative to what I am during summer. I'm like Jimmy Fallon in Fever Pitch, where Jimmy Fallon is like the perfect boyfriend in the winter. And then the, the Red Sox games get underway. And the and Drew Barrymore's like, where you been? And he's like, yeah, you knew this when you met me. I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. I don't miss a game. This was my character flaw. I have more red flags than Tiananmen Square. When it comes to this stuff, I'm great otherwise, but this is my problem. Hello, it's me. This is my problem. All righty. We go to Nick Wilson as he talked about long car rides as he heads to Gatlinburg this weekend. I'm pretty excited about this weekend. The girls uh, and I are going to Gatlinburg. 
Uh, that's where Ness and I had our honeymoon. So we're going to go hang out there for a couple days and kind of uh, recharge the batteries and hot tub it up and, you know, see a bunch of cool stuff and do things that you do in Gatlinburg. But I was, like, kind of amped up about it and getting ready for it. And so I asked the the the, the worker at the store uh, who was helping with my new phone, and I was like, ah, got any plans for the weekend? And he just goes, and he just completely took the wind out of his sails. He's like, I'm working. And I was like, ah, you're working, and I'm an a-hole. Because you just, like, when you're dealing with somebody that is clearly in a customer service field, you know that they don't work the same hours as you do. I should have known it. Like, I should go into this being like, hey, don't. this is not the time you want to gloat and talk about how excited you are about the vacation you get to. And then he immediately followed up. He's like, yeah, I work like 80 hours a week. And I was like, oh, I did that once. I had nothing. I had nothing. But, and then, so I think because I... I really just took the wind out of his sails. He was like, well, anyways, I mean, you've got three young daughters. Eight-hour car ride. I, I just don't think I could do that. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm actually really excited for it. So, like, every time this guy, I was, like, now trying to lift him out. I was like, no, no, no. No, no, eight-hour car ride. My daughter's proved when we lived in Charlotte. We're good at this. Nothing. I, I should have just taken the L. I did not take the L. And hopefully... Karmatically, I don't take the L this weekend. It is the car ride from hell. If all of a sudden God's like, you shouldn't ask that question. Your kids and your dog are going to be annoying as hell. But I, but the more that people have told the story, every single person has been like, oh, an eight-hour car ride. Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. I actually like car rides. Yeah, I agree with Nick. I did a seven-hour ride to Tennessee myself uh, last weekend, the weekend prior for the brother-in-law's wedding, and I actually, two weekends ago, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I didn't didn't mind it at all. I thought it was a good time. Me, my wife, and my six-month-old, that was an absolute darling to be with. She just didn't cry. She just kind of sat there. Me and my wife, we listened to podcasts. She let me listen to a lot of music. Really, it was no big deal. I actually... I left the trip and I thought to myself, this was much better than, than the airplane. The airplane, you gotta, it, it would have taken us seven hours in total anyway, right? Cause the airplane ride itself is three or four hours getting there. You gotta drive there. You gotta park the car. Then you gotta, uh, when you land, you gotta get the car back and then drive it all back and everything. It's about seven hours in and of itself and would have been 12 times more expensive. Didn't hate the car ride. Might be a car ride family moving forward. All right. Next up. Ken and Lima on Spectrum and the battle with ESPN. I'm going to pay. I have to pay to have that in my life, especially in the winter. I, just, I don't like this. I don't like it. I don't like the a la carte stuff. I don't like that. I think at some point your bubble's going to burst and I'm we're all going to pay for it. All of us in the sports entertainment business, we're all going to pay for it because eventually people are going to go, you know what? I'm tapped out. I'm paying all this money for all these other things in my life. I don't need to pay the 35 bucks to watch college football. I don't need to watch the Go- Tulsa Golden Hurricane for $35 a month. I'm not going to do that. Bye. And then they find other things to watch, and eventually they just tune out, and that's it. You know, we got the ACC thing going on right now, which I'll get to here in a second. Coming up at 920, there's just so many things that there's more and more and more and more and more. And I go, this is a train that will derail at some point. It's not that it's never going to. Look what's going on in baseball and basketball right now. Major League Baseball looking to take over Bally's. Hearing horror stories about what's going on with the parent group of Bally's. And what they're paying for it. And right now, I mean, hell, I, guilty as charged. You can't watch 
As of right now, you're not going to be able to watch NFL football games on Fox here if you're a, a what, a DirecTV customer. So 35 bucks a month Ooh. right now to watch Ohio State. I, I, I if, if you were a frugal Ohio State fan, like there are maybe some people listening, they have to see their Buckeyes. Okay, that's a very important thing to you. But if you are a Subway alum of the Ohio State Buckeyes, the people familiar with that term, if you like Ohio State but you didn't go there and, you know, you, you're there for the fun but you're maybe a real Browns fan, then I think there's some people who are going to go, yeah, I'll watch them in the bowl game. I'll watch them against Michigan. I will, uh, I'll pay the, I'll pay the 35 bucks and watch them against Michigan. I think that's what they'll do. Because you just assume they're going to win all these games. Yeah, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. I get worried about college football's future with conversations like this because I don't know, really, sporting events' future. I, you can't go a la carte. When we have a whole room of sports talk, a talk show host and people that their livelihood revolves around sports and not a single person. We did this last week. We brought it up here on Overtime. We brought up the $35 ESPN deal, and no one wanted to buy it. I don't remember who was in with me that night. I know James was one of them. Jax was the other one. None of us wanted to buy it. And this morning, Ken didn't want to buy it. Anthony didn't want to buy it. Double A didn't want to buy it. Owen didn't want to buy it. Well, all right, we're 0 for 7. 0 for 7 and diehards. That's not good. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. You got to worry about this stuff, cable companies. You got to worry about this. You got to recognize where your value actually is if you want to stay in business the right way. Instead, we can have a bunch of games like we do tonight where the Guardians are on Apple TV. Tomorrow to the Michigan game is on Peacock, and it's just a its a complete, it's a cluster. It's a cluster bleep, and you guys know that. All right, leave that there. We come on back. Will the Browns run Chubb into the ground this season? And does it make sense? But first, to Jake Murren's sports update.